You're listening to the Tony Stewart Podcast, where Tony interviews financial literacy advocates who are changing the conversation on money, so you can catch up on the latest trends and ideas in the world of financial literacy and education. Welcome to the Tony Stewart Podcast presented by Paperwork. I'm pleased to be joined today by Kathy Balasek. Kathy is an educator, empathy and grief communication coach, university lecturer, speaker, podcast host, and widow advocate. Kathy, welcome to the Tony Stewart Podcast. Thank you so much, Tony, for having me here. It is such an honor to share this time with you. Well, and the feelings mutual. I appreciate your time, and it's an honor to have you and to learn more about you. So, you know, to get started, you know, tell us a little bit about what is your origin story? How did you get started as a widow advocate? Um, Well, I am a teacher by trade, and I've always loved that side of education, helping others, learning the best practices. to uh, motivate and inspire learning. So I love learning and I've always loved it. Um, However, I became a widow advocate when I became a widow. And, um, you know, I, I was widowed in my thirties and, you know, we had it all. We had great jobs. Uh, children, healthy children, you know, a home, a wonderful life. And um, my husband got brain cancer and, you know, I became an instant caregiver for several years and then, then he died. And so I found myself raising five children by myself. And I, I did the work. I got through it. And I, I decided that over the course of this last decade, that there was something burning inside of me that I wanted to help widows. And I wanted to learn more about their journey, not just mine. And I also really wanted to learn how the world views widowhood. So that's really how it began. That's a powerful story and just sad at the same time, but it, it, it's also inspiring that you took that, you know, grief and challenging time and you brought something positive about it to not only help yourself, but to help others in that same situation who may not, you know, be able to as naturally bounce back as you did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's exciting. Well, you know, I think that was the way I was raised. I, I was raised by great parents in a little town in Montana that, you know, my parents raised us to make the world a better place and to play the cards were dealt. And I couldn't have done it without their example and the wonderful care of my community that taught me so much more about life than it did about death. So I feel like I'm paying it forward and I'm having the time of my life till me right now. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that's so exciting, you know, that, that, you know, when you find your passion, it changes the whole dimension on your work life. Mm-hmm. And helping people is so often where I hear, hear people are finding their passion. 
I agree. You know, and, and when COVID happened, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I found myself, I teach at the university and I found myself teaching virtually and I had all this extra time. And I thought, you know, I have wanted to do this for over a decade. I've raised my children. I could, I just thought, how can I do this? How can I help widows and how can I teach a society how to treat them? And so that's just how it was born. Well, that's great. And I think you said something important is, is, you know, that we don't talk about how does society view widows is, you know, I mean, I think there's a stereotypical image of a widow as a woman in her eighties and, you know, but that's not all widows, you know, how are you helping expand that conversation about, you know, what a widow is? A widow could be somebody in her thirties like you. Absolutely. You know, just, just having to check that box, <laughs> like I'm a widow is so difficult for so many women because of that stereotype of, you know, that they're all alone in their sweater with nine cats and they're 80 or 90 years old. And the reality is that the average age is 58 years old. You know, there is, there's 2,800 brand new widows every day. You know, it's daunting and widowhood, even though it's a gender neutral term, it leans so far female that there needs to be a modernized approach in how we address people experiencing widowhood because it's not who they are, it's where they are. And, you know, many people experience widowhood and it, it takes much longer. There's, there's no clear, you know, linear <laughs> um, path of grief and widowhood. And I've had the opportunity to work with Modern Widows Club, and they're, they're on the cusp of doing such key research in this area and, and modernizing this look of who a widow is. And so I want widows to view themselves differently. And I want the world to change their perspective because sadly, you know, 80% of men are going to die married. Half of women 65 and older will experience widowhood. You know, the numbers are daunting. And so the sooner we acknowledge this and widows feel seen, heard, respected, that has everything to do with their livelihood moving forward. Yeah, well, I, th I think you just hit on something, especially, you know, what really resonated is that last word is respected. Mm -hmm. And that I know, you know, from stories I've heard um, from clients and through financial advisors, you know, that respect is something that doesn't happen very often. Well, doesn't happen very often, but doesn't happen as often as it should in the financial service community. So how are you helping improve respect in the financial services industry for respect? Because what is that statistic that 
what, 70% of widows are going to leave their current financial advisor? Yes. And in fact, it's over 70. I have a couple of recent articles said it was at 80%. So when I knew I wanted to advocate for widows, I started looking in the research and there's such a gap between widowhood and the people who financially can help them. And I've learned that widowhood is financial, period. Every decision that, that I had to make had to deal with how could I take care of myself, my children, send them to college, you know, have a roof over their head, all of the policies that are surrounding widowhood. Um, and so I knew that there was a gap there. And so what I do to help financial advisors or insurance professionals or anyone in that realm is I help them relate better to widows. And it all begins with that communication. That's the number one trait that widows desire from an advisor is communication and to be able to show up authentically. So I created a program where I teach people to be grief smart. And I, I teach them how to acknowledge people's grief, what to say, what not to say, what actions are supportive and practical that really help, how to protect their clients. Because when you're a widow, I'm telling you, you get taken advantage of so many areas of your life and, and you feel um, in an unsafe scenario. You know, I never wanted to have people come to my house and let them know that I was a home, home alone with children because you just don't know in today's world. And so it's a very vulnerable space. And so for widows to feel respected, I help profess professionals learn empathy and communication skills where you meet them where they are and you acknowledge where they are. You, you listen to learn, not fix. And you let them set the pace of those first few years of getting all those things done because it is like a huge puzzle in widowhood and all the puzzle pieces are everywhere. And from a widow's perspective, you don't even get to see the picture on the box because you don't know what your future is. So professionals can really help widows when they can relate to them and they can find the corner pieces, they can find the sides and start building this and painting the picture of what a life could look like for them. That was a really long answer to one question. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, well, the, you had on some really good points. You know, one I was smiling is because I've been using that puzzle analogy myself when I talk about, you know, like trying to put your financial life together and you, you don't even know what the picture on the box is. Mm -hmm. And so it, it can be challenging, but I, I think, you know, one of the things you said is that it's about listening rather than fixing. And that's a very male instinct um, to want to fix something. And do you think that's part of the disconnect sometimes? Because a lot of 
uh, you know, people have a financial advisor who's male and it, because the male instinct is to fix it. Do you think that's part of the conversation? I I think it's definitely part of the conversation, but the good news is um, there's a couple key researchers in this area that, that works with widows and financial advisors and gender of the advisor was of low importance. You know, I think out of a hundred percent, it was like seven or 8%. So that is not something that widows need. So the gender doesn't matter at the advisor. However, when you look at general communication styles, you have rapport driven, which are women. They're very relational rapport. They want to know more about the story and the (laughs) players where men are very report data facts, solving, organizing. And so you have two different types of communication styles, but you both can learn the other ways. And in reality, it's you got to stick the landing. You have to know what communication style your client in front of you relates better to. And so when you listen to learn and As you listen, you formulate another question to learn more. Pretty soon, you're learning more about what your client values. Because a big issue with many widows is they want to stick to that financial plan and honor their husband and their late spouse because that's the way it does. And that's a way of Mm -hmm. connecting Um, with their late husband. But the reality is, is they have a whole new set of of financial goals, and they might want to do something different in their future. So a good practice for a financial advisor is to have kind of two plans in place, and let let their client know that it's okay to, to have a different plan. You know, things change, needs change. I would have never thought that I had to think about social security, pensions, (laughs) all of those things, college, all of those things, I would have never thought of that if I hadn't experienced widowhood. It was something that I gladly handed over to my husband. I had faith in him. I trusted him. But the reality is, looking back, I should have had a 50-50% role in this relationship. And I encourage every woman out there who is in a partnership marriage to have a 50-50 relationship with an advisor, know where everything is, because we've, we've gone over the data. The odds are you're going to be doing it alone. And the statistic is 15 years on your own on the average. Those are big numbers. Um, You you said a couple things and to go back is you hit on the traditional financial services industry, that definition when you say numbers driven organization and report driven because that's how most financial planners present their information is in that format. So, you know, when you're talking about some of these things is, you know, how can advisors approach their financial meetings differently? What kind of advice do you give them? You know, 
maybe before you launch it to the report, do X, Y, Z? What I, what I teach is to really um, prepare up front. Okay. So, you know, this is coming, you know, we had a baby boom. We're going to have a death boom. There's going to be way more widows. We've got this huge generational, you know, trillions of dollars being handed down. So, you know, this is coming. So what can you do to prepare up front? And my number one thing is get to know all your female clients in a relational conversational way, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's not just this scripted, we're going to talk 10 minutes about your life and then we're going to move to this, but to truly have a conversational profile that you have filled out over several meetings of where did they grow up? Where, what is their career, their family, their children? Do they have relatives in town? Um, What are their interests, hobbies, philanthropy? All of these things women want to talk about. And so if you've built that up front, when a death happens, you're not developing a relationship from scratch. You already know that they have family in town that are supporting through these, through the funeral and the services and this, you already know that they have college age children. And so, you know, you can gear your, your questions, topics from there. It all goes down to building relationship and rapport and truly spending that time up front to get to know your clients. Because when it's a widow, when it's a brand new widow, There's very few decisions that have to be made right away. So why don't you invest that time really getting to know them, their needs, building trust, building confidence, letting them know that you're there for there. You've got everything organized and handled. That's what you do up front because you and I both know that it's the human side that people stay with you. You know, it's, we're not going to look back and say, wow, this person really made me a lot of money. We're going to look back and say, oh my word, this person really cared about me and he cared about my family and he cared about my children. I had a wonderful financial advisor. My financial advisor still knows where, where my children are, how old they are, my grandchildren, you know. They, they took an interest in me as a person. And I think that is just, that is number one. I, I completely agree is, you know, uh, looking back in my career, the best advisors that I know, the most successful are always those ones who are a people person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who care about people, not just asking the questions, but that they're genuinely curious about people and genuinely interested in having that conversation and having a relationship and it's relationship first product second you know yes. and, and I think that's so important well and I you know I I teach this in my program and I I hear from advisors and one of the the snags is they say well how am I going to remember all of this 
well, you don't have to remember it. You know, you just have to reflect afterwards, after each meeting, write things down about your client. Then when you meet them again, you review it, okay? And you recall it. And that means a ton. I can remember going to my insurance agent and I, I'd worked with them for, you know, almost two decades. And I went and they asked me if I had children. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, I'm kind of an outlier. I have five children. I think I'm a little memorable in that lane. And yeah. <laughs> I just, it was really disheartening that, that this professional who worked with me worked with my husband's death, couldn't remember that I had children. Those are the things that people leave. 100%. And those are the things that matter. And as a good advisor is, you know, that's, that goes towards helping people meet their goals mm -hmm. is because somebody who has kids, a goal is usually going to be leaving money for their kids, maybe even setting up a fund for their grandchildren, putting their kids to college, you know, all those different things. But, you know, once you have kids, that becomes a major planning goal. And um, yeah, and I would say, you know, to advisors who are listening is as part of that, as you go through your fact finding and you take client notes, you know, make that a part of your client notes is, you know, the names of the kids, if they're going to college, where they're going to college, you know, if their kids are into sports, you know, whatever it is, is, you know, you know, create those data points. You know, one question I had for you, Kathy, that, that came to mind is, do you think part of it is that advisors view couples as a homogenous unit rather than as two separate individuals and that that may be part of the issue? I do think that there's not equal attention, separate attention to both parties. I, I think it's very easy for a gender, whether it's their job or career, to come meet with the advisor more often versus the other. Mm -hmm. um, I know even though I had a wonderful advisor, he met with my husband a lot more. I think advisors do see it as a couple rather than, you know, even though we were a couple, I had different ideas about money and long-term and dreams than my late husband did. And to really start meeting together, having questions together, question asked together, questions individually, and really getting to know um, what each individual's long-term ideas are. I, I, I think it's come to a point in our culture that we have to, when we look at death, when we look at divorces, all of, we have to start looking at individuals first, then the couple, because we live in this coupled world, right? Everything comes in pairs. I mean, I wouldn't be led on the ark right now because I'm a widow. Okay. <laughs> um, and there, it's very isolating for, for people who are in a transition where they're suddenly solo and they don't know who to ask. They don't know who to trust. 
They don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. And socially, you know, grievers make people uncomfortable because it forces people to view their own mortality. And we live in this kind of death denying society and we want to keep these conversations in the hushed corner. You know, it's like a junior high dance where everybody's on the sides and nobody's on the dancing in, in the middle. And we have to start learning how to talk and acknowledge people's grief, knowing exactly what to say and exactly what not to say. Um, and so that's a key piece of how I help professionals in getting them more comfortable in what to say. Um, because that's, that's a big part of our whole culture. We, we don't know what to say. So we either ignore or we say something in, in unsupportive. And so there are things, principles of what you should say. And you should say the, the person who died their name. You should mirror their death terms. So if your client is saying the word passed away, you need to say passed away. A lot of people are not ready to say the word death and died. And so mirror those death terms. And lastly, it's not an I'm sorry or I can't imagine. It's a I will miss your husband, Dave. I I love this story about Dave. It's about a story, what you miss, something you admire. And that's how you say it to people that is comforting and supportive. And the bottom line, that builds connection. 100%. And I, I think what you said there that is super important, it's about how you make somebody feel. And, you know, that, that feeling. Um, so, you know, as we start to wrap up, I, I do want to make sure we get in something about the One Well Widow podcast. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what is the mission of the One Well Widow podcast and how will people benefit from it? Okay, One Well Widow. Um, I started this about two or three years ago. And, you know, I'm just somebody who can sit in a room and talk to myself and be completely happy. <laughs> And so I thought, well, I'll <laughs> and the mission behind that is to number one, empower widows to move forward, even if it's to a life they hadn't imagined, because there's so much information out, out there on grief and loss and, you know, counselor psychologists, they do great things with that. There's wonderful books. But after that, after you've done all that work, now what? So my mission was that kind of widowhood 2.0. Now what do we do? What do you want in your life? How do you figure that out? How do you take care of yourself and your family? All of those wants, needs, goals. And so I started podcasting and I started coaching widows because I can relate to it. I'm an educator. I can get people to inspire change. And so I started doing that. And another big goal and mission of 
of One Well Widow is to teach a society how to support widows. And so getting people on the on my podcast and really helping people understand the needs of a widow. You know, back to your comment a little bit about, you know, we have a different view. We have this stereotype of a widow. So I feel like I serve two purposes for widows and for people who want to support them. That's great. That's an important mission. And as we've talked about, definitely, or unfortunately, well needed. Um, You know, so to wrap up, um, you know, this is a question I ask everybody. What is your number one tip on financial wellness? Okay, I'm going to fudge here, Tony, because I like to bend the rules. Okay. I have two. My first one to anybody listening, get life insurance. I can't imagine where my life would be if we wouldn't have had it. I was able to send all five kids to college. I was able to go to college. I I just can't imagine where we would have been without it. And number two for widows is you need to know what you have financially and where it is. And once you know those two things, you need to have the confidence that you have choices. Because in that setting, we get such in a rushed, I've got to do this, this, and this. I got to, I just got to handle it. I want it off my plate. But you got to know what is. Let the dust settle. Know where everything is financially. Know exactly what you have. Debts. You know, a house, a car payment, college coming up, whatever. Know what you have. And then bottom line, feel empowered because it's your life, your choice. And there's wonderful people that that can help you make these decisions. That's great. Those are all great tips. Um, Coming from the life insurance business is... I, I reiterate that if, if you have a need for life insurance, you know, it's, it's an important safety net that does make a difference for people. And, you know, also, you know, as you mentioned, you know, have confidence in your own decisions and who you are to feel empowered mm-hmm. and reach out and get the support that you need. Uh, don't have to do it yourself. No. And uh, now you have Kathy to help you. So you don't <laughs> have to do it yourself. <laughs> so, Kathy, so people can find out is where can people learn more about you? Where can they tune into the One Well Widow podcast? Okay. The best place to find me is kathybalasic.com. And it has the podcast link. It has all the things for, you know, financial professionals um, to be grief smart. I hang out a lot on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram. So it has all of those links, but kathybalasic.com is the best place to find me. And you can also, when you, when you get there, you can download, it's a free download to, to know exactly what to say to your clients. So. Fantastic. Thank you. And for everybody watching and listening, um, I'll be posting a link to Kathy's website as well as to her social media profile. So, you know, feel free to reach out to her. Um, and Kathy, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome, Tony. It's been a, just a complete joy.
And I wish you all the success in the world. Well, you as well. Thanks for sharing your story and uh, all your work with us. So it was a great uh, show and I hope everybody benefited from it. And, you know, take this advice because if you don't know Widow now, unfortunately, you're probably going to know Widow someday. So these are important tips for all of us to keep in mind. Um, and everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Tony Stewart podcast. Until next time.